0: CHAPTER THIRTY-FOUR OF THE VALLEY OF THE MOON BY JACK LONDON THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. BOOK TWO, CHAPTER NINETEEN Between feeding and caring for Billy, doing the housework, making plans, and selling her store of pretty needlework, the days flew happily for Saxon. Billy's consent to sell her pretties had been hard to get, but at last She succeeded in coaxing it out of him. "'It's only the ones I haven't used,' she urged. "'And I can always make more when we get settled somewhere.' What she did not sell, along with the household linen and hers and Billy's spare clothing, she arranged to store with Tom. "'Go ahead,' Billy said. "'This is your picnic. What you say goes. You're Robinson Crusoe, and I'm your man Friday.' Make up your mind yet which way you're going to travel? Saxon shook her head. Or how? She held up one foot and then the other, encased in stout walking shoes, which she had begun that morning to break in about the house. Shanks, mares, huh? It's the way our people came into the West, she said proudly. It'll be regular trampin, though, he argued, and I never heard of a woman tramp. Then here's one why billy there's no shame in tramping my mother tramped most of the way across the plains and most everybody else's mother tramped across in those days i don't care what people will think i guess our race has been on the tramp since the beginning of creation just like we'll be looking for a piece of land that looked good to settle down on after a few days when his scalp was sufficiently healed and the bone-knitting was nicely in process, Billy was able to be up and about. He was still quite helpless, however, with both his arms in splints. Dr. Henley not only agreed, but himself suggested that his bill should wait until better times for settlement. Of government land, in response to Saxon's eager questioning, he knew nothing, except that he had a hazy idea that the days of government land were over tom on the contrary was confident that there was plenty of government land he talked of honey lake of shasta county and of humboldt but you can't tackle it at this time of year with winter coming on he advised saxon the thing for you to do is to head south for warmer weather say along the coast it don't snow down there i tell you what to do Go down by San Jose and Salinas, and come out on the coast at Monterey. South of that, you'll find government land, mixed up with forest reserves and Mexican rancheros. It's pretty wild, without any roads to speak of. All they do is handle cattle. But there's some fine redwood canyons, with good patches of farming ground, that run right down to the ocean. I was talking last year with a fellow that's been all through there. And I'd a gone like you and Billy, only Sarah wouldn't hear of it. There's gold down there, too. Quite a bunch is in there prospecting. And two or three gold mines have opened. But that's farther along, and in a ways from the coast. You might take a look. Saxon shook her head. We're not looking for gold, but for chickens and a place to grow vegetables. Our folks... Had all the chance for gold in the early days, and what have they got to show for it? I guess you're right, Tom conceded. They always played too big a game, and missed a thousand little chances right under their nose. Look at your pa. I heard him tell of selling three Market Street lots in San Francisco for fifty dollars each. They're worth five hundred thousand right now. And look at Uncle Will. He had ranches till the cows come home, satisfied no he wanted to be a cattle king a regular miller and lux and when he died he was a night watchman in los angeles at forty dollars a month there's a big spirit of the times and the spirit of the times has changed it's all big business now and where the small potatoes why well, i've heard our folks talk of living in the western reserve that was all around what's ohio now Anybody could get a farm them days. All they had to do was yoke their oxen and go after it, and the Pacific Ocean thousands of miles to the west, and all them thousands of miles and millions of farms just waiting to be took up. A hundred and sixty acres? Shucks, in the early days of Oregon, they talked six hundred and forty acres. That was the spirit of the times, free land and plenty of it but when we reached the pacific ocean them times was ended big business begun and big business means big business men and every big business man means thousands of little men without any business at all except to work for the big ones they're the losers don't you see and if they don't like it they can lump it but it won't do them no good they can't yoke up their oxen and pull on "'There's no place to pull on. "'China's over there, and in between is a mighty lot of salt water "'that's no good for farming purposes.' "'That's all clear enough,' Saxon commented. "'Yes,' her brother went on. "'We can all see it after it's happened. "'When it's too late.' "'But the big men were smarter,' Saxon remarked. "'They were luckier,' Tom contended. "'Some won, but most lost.' and just as good men lost. It was almost like a lot of boys scrambling on the sidewalk for a handful of change. Not that some didn't have far-seeing, but just take your pa, for example. He come of good down-east stock that got business instinct and can add to what it's got. Now suppose your pa had developed a weak heart or got kidney disease or caught rheumatism, so he couldn't go gallivanting and rainbow-chasing, and fighting and exploring all over the West. Why, most likely, he'd have settled down in San Francisco. He'd have had to, and held on to them three market street lots, and bought more lots, of course, and gone into steamboat companies, and stock gambling, and railroad building, and Comstock tunneling. Why, he'd a become a big business himself. I know him. He was the most energetic man I ever saw. Think quick as a wink, as cool as an icicle, and as wild as a Comanche. Why, he'd cut a swath through those free and easy big business gamblers and pirates of them days, just as he cut a swath through the hearts of the ladies when he went galloping past on that big horse of his, sword clattering, spurs jingling, his long hair flying straight as an Indian, clean-built and graceful as a blue-eyed prince out of a fairy book, and a Mexican caballero, all rolled into one. Just as he cut a swath through the Johnny Rebs in Civil War days, charging with his men all the way through and back again, and yelling like a wild Indian for more. Caddy, that helped raise you, told me about that. Caddy rode with your pa. Why, if your pa'd only got laid up in San Francisco. He would have been one of those big men of the West, and in that case right now you'd be a rich young woman, traveling in Europe with a mansion on Knob Hill, along with the floods and crockers, and holding majority stock most likely in the Fairmont Hotel, and a few little concerns like it. And why ain't you? Because your Pa wasn't smart. No, his mind was like a steel trap it's because he was filled to the bursting and spilling over with the spirit of the times because he was full of fire and vinegar and couldn't set down in one place that's all the difference between you and the young women right now in the flood and crocker families your father didn't catch rheumatism at the right time that's all saxon sighed then smiled just the same i've got them beaten she said The Miss Floods and Miss Crocker's can't marry prize-fighters, and I did." Tom looked at her, taken aback for the moment with admiration, slowly at first growing in his face. "'Well, all I got to say,' he enunciated solemnly, "'is that Billy's so lucky he don't know how lucky he is.'" Not until Dr. Hentley gave the word did the splints come off of Billy's arms and Saxon insisted upon an additional two weeks' delay so that no risk would be run. These two weeks would complete another month's rent, and the landlord had agreed to wait payment for the last two months until Billy was on his feet again. Salingers awaited the day set by Saxon for taking back their furniture. Also, they had returned to Billy $75. The rest you've paid will be rent "'the collector told Saxon, "'and the furniture's second-hand now, too. "'The deal will be a loss for Salinger's, "'and they didn't have to do it either, you know that. "'So just remember they've been pretty square with you, "'and if you start over again, don't forget them.' "'Out of this sum, "'and out of what was realized from Saxon's pretties, "'they were able to pay all their small bills "'and yet have a few dollars remaining in pocket.' I hate owing things worse than poison, Billy said to Saxon. And now we don't owe a soul in the world except the landlord and Doc Hentley. And neither of them can afford to wait longer than they have to, she said. And they won't, Billy answered quietly. She smiled her approval, for she shared with Billy his horror of debt, just as both shared it with that early tide of pioneers with the Puritan ethic which had settled the west saxon timed her opportunity when billy was out of the house to pack the chest of drawers which had crossed the atlantic by sailing ship and the plains by ox team she kissed a bullet hole in it made in the fight at little meadow as she kissed her father's sword the while she visioned him as she always did astride his Rome war-horse With the old religious awe, she pored over her mother's poems in the scrapbook, and clasped her mother's red satin Spanish girdle about her in a farewell embrace. She unpacked the scrapbook in order to gaze a last time at the wood engraving of the Vikings, sword in hand, leaping upon the English sands. Again she identified Billy as one of the Vikings, and pondered for a space on the strange wanderings of the seed from which she sprang. Always had her race been land-hungry, and she took delight in believing she had bred true. For not had she, despite her life past in the city, found this same land-hunger in her? And was she not going forth to satisfy that hunger, just as her people of old time had done, as her father and mother before her? She remembered her mother's tale of how the promised land looked to them, as their battered wagons and weary oxen dropped down through the early winter snows of the Sierras to the vast and flowering sunland of California. In fancy, herself a child of nine, she looked down from the snowy heights as her mother must have looked down. She recalled and repeated aloud one of her mother's stanzas sweet as a wind lute's airy strains your gentle muse has learned to sing and california's boundless plains prolong the soft notes echoing she sighed happily and dried her eyes perhaps the hard times were past perhaps they had constituted her plains and she and billy had won safely across and were even then climbing the sierras ere they dropped down into the pleasant valley land salinger's wagon was at the house taking out the furniture the morning they left the landlord standing at the gate received the keys shook hands with them and wished them luck you're going at it right he congratulated them and sure and wasn't it under me roll of blankets i tramped into oakland meself forty years ago buy land like me when it's cheap it'll keep you from the poorhouse in your old age there's plenty of new towns springin up get in on the ground floor the work of your hands will keep you in food and under a roof and the land will make you well-to-do and you know me address when you can spare send me along the small bit of rent and good luck and don't mind what people think tis them that looks that finds Curious neighbors peered from behind the blinds as Billy and Saxon strolled up the street, while the children gazed at them in gaping astonishment. On Billy's back, inside a painted canvas tarpaulin, was slung the roll of bedding. Inside the roll were changes of underclothing and odds and ends of necessaries. Outside from the lashings depended a frying pan and cooking pail. In his hand he carried the coffee pot. Saxon carried a small telescope basket, protected by black oilcloth, and across her back was the tiny ukulele case. "'We must look like holy frights,' Billy grumbled, shrinking from every gaze that was bent upon him. "'It'll be all right if we were going camping,' Saxon consoled. "'Only we're not.' "'But they don't know that,' she continued. "'It's only you know that.' and what you think they're thinking isn't what they're thinking at all. Most probably think we're going camping, and the best of it is we are camping. We are, we are. At this, Billy cheered up, though he muttered his firm intention to knock the block off any guy that got fresh. He stole a glance at Saxon. Her cheeks were red, her eyes glowing. Say, he said suddenly, I seen an opera once where the fellows wandered over the country with guitars slung on their backs. Just like you, with that strummy-strum. You made me think of them. They was always singin' songs." "'That's what I brought it along for,' Saxon answered. "'And when we go down country roads, we'll sing as we go along. And we'll sing by the campfires, too. We're going camping, that's all, taking a vacation, and seeing the country so why shouldn't we have a good time? We don't even know where we're going to sleep tonight, or any night. Think of the fun. It is a sporting proposition, all right, all right, Billy considered. But just the same, let's turn off and go around the block. There's some fellows, I know, standing up there on the next corner, and I don't want to knock their blocks off. End of Section 34